When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Michael Van Buren. Hell State football signee under Jeff Levy was the MVP of the Under Armour All-American game. Balled out. 10 of 15, 136, touchdown, couple of two-point conversions. And he took home the MVP, um, I guess, trophy and all the other stuff that they gave him. So that was cool. Very, very cool. Um, Didn't you love seeing that? Well, the uniforms were clean, too. I mean, he, they were looked, nice. he looked like he was balling also because he was. But the uniforms were sweet. Yeah, they were nice. I, I agree with that. And hey, when you're a merch company, they should be. <laughs> yeah, true. And right. The, the way that Braylon Burnside announced his commitment with like the whole locker thing or whatever that yeah. was. I like that. I like the, you know, changing it up instead of sitting at the table Two hats, three hats. Yeah. And doing something like that. That's right. We're kind of, I guess we've gotten away from that a little bit. Yeah. Just to, yeah. Just depending on the, on what's going on. Well, okay. Uh, we're streaming live on the Out of Bounds radio app. We would love for you to download the Out of Bounds radio app. Also, thank you for going to Apple Podcast or Spotify and searching Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. Um, we talked about Jason not going to an Ole Miss football game this year. In a year where they won 11 games. Oxford's a whopping two hours and 15 minutes from here. Sometimes two and a half. And uh, Jason, who claims to be an Ole Miss fan, uh, couldn't make it one time to vault Hemingway in Oxford for the game. So um, we got Jason to write a formal apology. You ready? Yeah, I feel like it's easier if I stand up for this. Okay. So it's more heartfelt. Right. Um, and we got a little music here as well. Good, 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 good. So let's, uh, and this is, it's very eloquent. Good. By the way. <sighs> so Arthur H. Jackson Brown Jr. once wrote, never forget the nine most important words to family. I love you. You are beautiful. Please forgive me. I offer these words to my Ole Miss family, whom I have offended with my lack of attendance throughout this super sick season. To Lane Kiffin, my sincerest regrets for not fully stepping foot on the train after saying, all aboard. To Jackson Dart, for actually thinking there was a QB competition and not copying his eye black. To Ross Bjork, I'm sorry you left and we are absolutely bawling out. To the infamous Black Bear mascot, no one misses you. To Juice Kiffin the first, 
I'm sorry I was not there to cheer on your unmatched kicking tee retrieval. And lastly, to my beloved Grove, I feel nothing but sorrow that thousands, possibly millions, of cold chicken tenders met their demise in the trash can because I was not there to play my role. This type of behavior is not in my character. I have learned from my mistakes, and the next time you lock the vault, I will bring the keys. Thank you for your time. I hate to say this, but well done. Because <laughs> it's embarrassing that you didn't make a game. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, I guess your journalism talent came out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was from the heart. Yeah. Uh, I feel sorry for my for my team, my school, that I wasn't there. But, you know, mistakes happen. It's not yeah. going to happen again. Okay. We'll make at least one, two. And Hold then- on. Let me see. Let me get there. I'm pulling it up right now. I, I had it. And uh, all right. Out of bounds. ESPN 105 down the zone. Here's Ole Miss. You have to make the Furman game next year. Furman? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I got to make number one. I can't you gotta, make like... You gotta, not only do you have to make number one. I mean, Ole Miss will win 70 to nothing. But it's going to be miserable and hot. And I want you to be miserable <laughs> and hot and sweating. And uh, so you have to go August 31st to Furman. Mm. Yeah. And I, and Doesn't I that sound to, delicious? Do I have to Be get about like a... about 120 degrees in the vault? And uh, everybody's shoulder to shoulder, sweating, you know, all the way through your boxers. <laughs> It'd be too and easy. And I hope that somebody takes a bite of something and it squirts on you. Ugh. Man, you want me to suffer here yeah that's now, what it is i'll be at a game in august 31st and i'll be in air conditioning um and i don't need anybody to invite you to even though we have thousands and thousands of old miss listeners i don't want I, I want you to be out in the stands uh, i don't want you to be i want you to be in journal or whatever they call it uh, obviously there's good seats between well there's not really a bad seat in bald hemingway or davis wade so anyway but it's not like you're nine million miles away when you sit up in the upper deck at Bryant Denny, right? However, or Neyland. Uh, let me circle back. I want you out in the sunshine, no club level, no suite. Wow. So, are you even going as far to say I need to sneak in and get a student ticket and be in the blazing student section? Because it sounds like no, it sounds like no press pass either. Yeah. No. 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 No press pass. <laughs> I don't think Kyle would give you one anyway. Oh, come on. No, not because you're affiliated with this show. Ah. Um, and so, which is fabulous. <laughs> but I want you out in the mix, in the lower level, uh, or, or go down to the end of that beautiful add-on that Ross Bjork did, nothing but concrete, no premium seats, and sit there. I'll even buy you a ticket. Wow, will you? Yeah. You'll, you'll get my ticket. Yeah. Perfect. You know, I've bought Ole Miss tickets before. I didn't know that. Many a times. Put yeah. clients in. Uh, Sun Devil Macy says that uh, I need to be in the sun in a full blue blazer. Oh, yes. <laughs> with the giant sweat stain on the back. Yes. That get would you be. some of that with the button-down uh, white Oxford. Yeah. 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 And, okay. Uh, stomach- and some awesome khaki pants and some uh, Ole Miss loafers. Yep. Stomach full of yes. French onion dip. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, there's nothing like French <laughs> onion dip tailgating that first weekend around the SEC. You know, when you're dying of heat. Oh, that's just so good. Doesn't that sound delicious? Corn salad. Oh, just load me up. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. usually get like four plates. I know. And the Captain Rodney's. We talked yeah. about this. Well, Wally Cummins, I saw Wally the other night at that reception that I was at. And Wally, who's a phenomenal, I mean, he's a baller as a cook, griller, smoker. I mean, he's he's a, you know, a chef in his own right. He did a big Captain Rodney's dip. Something, something, something. I mean, he he fancied it up. Yeah. For New Year's. Now, granted, it wasn't 120 degrees where everybody's around each other under a tent. Breathing. Sweating. <laughs> but, you know, it was over the either Christmas or New Year's. So, you can actually breathe and so on. You should, you should make, you should, all right. I'll show you the tweet from Wally. You make the dip, bring it in. Okay, and so I'll eat it. Some Captain Rodney's is what he made. Well, but it's something. I think it's a little jazzed up, but I'm not. Mm. I'm not sure. What is Captain Rodney? Is it the jelly on top? Yeah, it's it's well, it's a glaze. Glaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, it's yeah. like a specific glaze, and that it's. I called just want to Rodney's. It. Yeah, glaze. Yeah. Well, you, sometimes I go in and get a big spoonful at night. The glaze. Have you or, ever done that? Glaze or mayonnaise? Uh, I know how much. Well, you love I, that. I do a double. I do a double <laughs> teaspoon of both. Like an ice cream swirl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I, and, and a then, full glass of milk? That just it, sounds like a hell of a stomach ache. <laughs> top it off with sour cream? Oh, man. Yeah. Load it up. Yeah. That's what I figured. All right. I'll, I'll get you to eat some mayonnaise here on the uh, show. What are we doing next? Uh, we're, people got to go to YouTube. Yes. Search Out of Bounds Sports. You you and Miranda cook something else. We as did. As we celebrate ba- uh, bacon and Tito's Vodka Bloody Marys. Go to YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports. What'd you make? We made uh, crackers with Parmesan and bacon. Okay. Very simple, cooked in the oven, all crispy, delicious. I'll be over at the bar coming up next. Go to YouTube, search Out of Bounds Sports. We'll be live. YouTube, our channel is Out of Bounds Sports. Larry Boa at 930, talking baseball and nonsense. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Good morning. 
We are the Out of Bounds Show. It's National Bacon Week and Bloody Mary Week. So we decided to do more bacon and Tito's Vodka Bloody Marys. Uh, I got to give Jason credit. He, uh, he made another bacon dish, I guess you could call it. And, and Jason, what is it that I'm holding in my hand? So it's very simple. It's club crackers that have Parmesan cheese, and then you carefully wrap the bacon around it, bake at like 250 for about 40 minutes, and then broil at the end to get it a little crispy. Mm. Taste test. What do we think? Those are delicious. Yeah. And I think it's perfect with a sauce, whatever house-made sauce you, you like. You want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Try the dunk here. Because I feel I tried it with some house-made barbecue sauce that I got from the farmer's market. Oh. That hits the spot. Is it killer with the comeback? Yeah. The comeback from Beagle Bagel. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm. This is forever who's listening and watching live on Facebook. Search Out of Bounds Sports with Bow Bounds. This is the perfect appetizer, snack, it is. whatever. This Boar, weekend. It's boar's head bacon. So it's excellent bacon. Boar's head bacon. You get some Parmesan cheese and some oh. club crackers. Oh. And you can't go wrong. It's, I hate to say this, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> I, lo- I love how before you give me any compliment. <laughs> like before the apology, you go, I hate to say this, but that was good. Well, <laughs> so for our listeners, if you're watching on YouTube, search Out of Bounds Sports. Jason put together another bacon dish as we're celebrating bacon. And Jason and I just decided we're going to celebrate it all throughout January because bacon's amazing. Uh, I, I didn't make a Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary yesterday, so I am today. Uh, I, got, I added a little fuel to the fire thanks to uh, our friends downstairs at Beagle Bagel. And you know what's this? Tell me what this is. Bacon wrap crackers. Yeah, just bacon wrap crackers, Parmesan in the middle. That's it. I mean, very simple. You can dip this in the Bloody Mary. Ooh, that's a good point. How that can that? be, you can have, if you have, say, toothpicks or whatever that can go across the top of the Bloody Mary. Right, which I do. Let it soak a little bit. And then you're good. Yeah. I do have toothpicks. I'm just not sure where they are. I didn't think about that. I also have uh, pepperonis, which I'm going to need toothpicks for. But we'll see if I can find that. Out of bounds. Oh, look at that. Can't hear me? All right. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Should we start over? No, we're good. All right. You can watch on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports. And what do you think about this? Yeah, now we're talking. See, we got the bacon going over the okay. Bloody Mary. All right. Let me do this. Should I cut a pickle and just add all this to the deal? Oh, yes. As far as garnishes? Now that's whoa, 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 whoa. now that's a move. Thank you. Look, crispy bacon again. Come on. I know. I know. All right, let's do this. We're gonna do the Dak shake, hoping that they win against the Commanders. Two, three, four. I know y'all are both Ole Miss guys, Jason and Jack. So you'll be cheering for Washington. Not true. But uh, but we did. The, 
What what numbers meant you? I think I think he is ten. Okay. Next time I'll tomorrow I'll shake it uh, ten times. Or we'll get our special guest. Yeah, number ten. To shake it. Woo! What do you think about this? Let's go ahead and dip one in. If you're watching right now, I'm about to dip a bacon wrap cracker with Parmesan, boar's head bacon, into a Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary. You can watch on YouTube, search Out of Bounds Sports. We just you think had Jack a... thinks we're crazy for doing this? Probably so. I mean, 920 Bloody Marys, what do you think, Jack? He loves a Bloody Mary, so he's a smart guy. That is fantastic. So is that the, is that the app-drink combo mm-hmm. for this weekend? Hey, let me dip this real quick. Oh, got to get the pick. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try one more thing. Okay. The pepperoni. Oh, getting crazy with it. It's all about the garnish. As Nathan McCarty with Briarwood Wine and Spirits said, it's all about the garnishes. Or maybe Chevy Chase said that. I don't know. Anyway, that's great. Can you do this three times this week? I mean, are you gonna be able to pull this off tomorrow? <laughs> I, I don't know. It takes it takes nimble fingers, and these these sausages that are connected to my hands. Had a little trouble wrapping the salt, the bacon around, but it, it turned out pretty well. Well, let me try a piece of bacon. Um, I won't have to eat lunch. By the way, that's a Stella. Just representing all of our fun partners. Oh, Megan, are you jealous that I'm over here? Yeah, just a touch. I mean, especially because I made those and I, I tried one or two last night. And uh, I just want to let you know, I have serious restraint. Yeah. If I'm able to hold back from eating those bad boys. All right, here, you take one right now. Oh, let's go. And Jack, you take one. Oh, he's doing paleo. That's a bunch of nonsense. All right, what is paleo? Just straight protein? Can you believe he, he just said no to bacon wrapped crackers with Parmesan? Unbelievable. I mean, I got to pat myself on the back there. That's delicious. <laughs> like that. That's really good. That's, that's really good. Had you had these last night? Yeah. But then, so I had one. I was baking and then the crackers started getting brown. So I had to like lower the, lower the rack. Mm. And so then I broiled it, and that's what set it over the top. Beautiful. Because it was still a little, a little chewy, you know? The bacon was cooked, but it was still a little chewy, and I was like, I know what Bo Bounds wants. Yeah. He wants a broil. Yeah. All right, so ba- uh, Boar's Head Bacon, we're incorporating several partners here. Uh, Boar's Head Bacon, we've got a Stella, and we've got a Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary. We're representing bacon. It's basically, we made bacon national bacon month in January. And uh, this is delicious. Jason's pulled it off, and now he's got to go for the uh, the three P. You've got to you've got to come up with a bacon whatever. It can be simple for tomorrow. Okay. To round out the week. All right. Can you do it? I think I could three P. Okay. I think I could pull it off. Man, I, I got to dip this again. I'm sorry. But I'm I'm telling you, anybody that thinks that they're not a good cook, and you want to impress people with something that they don't think of, do that. Just 
put shredded Parmesan on a cracker, get some boar's head bacon, wrap it up, place it on the on the pan, seam side down. I'm proud of you. Hold itself together. Thank you. You know what? That that means a lot. Two things. Your formal apology to Ole Miss fans was really good this morning. Not going to one game as they go 11 and two. <laughs> Which makes me so happy because we <laughs> yeah. can just feed off this all during the offseason. Well, of course. And, you know, you had seven home games and then a game in Starble and a game in Atlanta, which is proximities close. You didn't make one. And you just graduated from Ole Miss last May. I did. Right? I did. Yeah. You told me that you were able to teach your way through the journalism school. <laughs> and, and now they go 11-2, and two, you don't go to a game. So now you have to go to Furman and burn up in the stands and take pictures. Yeah, I feel like that's fair. Okay. And, and go tailgate. Got to be in the Grove. Oh, got to be in the Grove. Yeah. Cold chicken tenders and uh, hot ranch dressing on a Labor Day weekend. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of, Cowboys Commanders this weekend in Washington. 325 kick. That's the Boar's Head Charcuterie Board game. Cowboys Commanders. Coming up next, Larry Boa. He played uh, for the Phillies and the Cubs. Manager for the Phillies, assistant coach. Larry Boa will join us. Coming up next on the Out of Bounds Show. Uh, we're excited about our next guest. He will join us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We're driven by your next John Deere tractor at Ag Up Equipment. And there are over 20 locations in Mississippi, agup.com. John Deere, America's tractor. We are ESPN 105.9 The Zone. And before I welcome in our next guest, Larry Boa, a uh, longtime MLB player and MLB manager and coach. When I was a kid, in the early to mid-80s, I had every one of his baseball cards at the Phillies and Cubs. Uh, Larry Boa, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good, good. Hey, walk me through. I was reading up. I've known about you since I was a kid because we had WGN and um, – once you made it over to the to the Cubs, um, you know, watched y'all all the time. But I knew all about the Phillies and and uh, Steve Carlton and you and and Rose and so on. Um, now you weren't you weren't some kind of star baseball player growing up. I know your dad had a tie to baseball, but it didn't start like coming together for you until community college or JUCO. Is that right, Larry? Yeah, I I got cut from high school three years in a row, you know, and the coach didn't say I wasn't good enough. He just said I was too small. And the fact that my dad played pro ball and he got as high as triple A, you know, he kept reinforcing that, hey, it doesn't matter how big you are. There's room on a baseball field for big guys, little guys. So to make a long story short, uh, that summer after I got cut my third year in high school, they had a summer league. And I went and played on a summer league team. And this junior college coach, whose name was Dale Bandy, came and watched 
the games, and he approached me after a couple of games and said, hey, I want you to come out for my team. And I, I sort of laughed at him. I said, I didn't even play high school, so I don't know how I'm going to make your team. He says, well, I'm going to give you every opportunity to make it. And uh, I went there for two years. I made all-conference, and uh, basically Eddie Bachman, who was a scout for the Phillies, signed me. And then I signed with the Phillies and then played first year A, second year double A, third year triple A. Then I went to the big leagues my fourth year. That's an incredible story. Larry Bowe on the Out of Bounds show. When, I, when I'm a kid, I didn't obviously realize this. I didn't have Google and computers and so on. I'm just watching Larry right. Boa play for the Phillies and, and the Cubs and thinking, hey, this is awesome. And um, now that I'm older, I'm sitting here thinking with all this travel ball and everything else and People think they're stars at seven, eight, nine years old. Larry Boa doesn't make his cut three years in a row. So, so your dad's connected to the game, as you just said, and I, and I read um, right. yesterday. What, as you're getting cut year after year, do you ever go to your dad or just think, you know what, the hell with this. I, I don't want to play baseball anymore. I want to do something else. You know why I, I never did that? Because my dad always said that I have a lot to offer. Uh, you know, I, Obviously, when I first came up, I wasn't a very good hitter. But back when we played, if you caught the ball, played short, second, center field, and catcher, that old adage, strength up the middle, and then let the corner people in the infield and outfield do all the hitting, you know, that that was basically the mindset of me. But through hard work and a great hitting instructor, you know, I ended up getting over 2,000 hits in the big leagues. But I'm not going to tell you it was easy. It took a lot of hard work. Uh, It had – had a lot to do with the manager that was managing me, the hitting coach that was spending hours at a time during the winter with me. Uh, and you know, the other thing that, that, that bothered me a little bit after I made the, the all-conference in junior college, I never got drafted either. I mean, that was the first year of the draft. and So I went through the draft and everything. Obviously, the odds were stacked against me. Um you know, my dad always told me, you don't want to be a minor league baseball rat because you can ride buses your whole life. He says, but if you think you can do this, you got to go after your dream. And he taught me how to play the game fundamentally. You know, I was able to move runners. I was able to steal a base. I was a real good fielder, had a good arm. I was fast. Uh, and then, you know, after my second year, played A and double A and triple, then I went to triple A and they told me that Hey, we want you to learn how to switch hit. So I didn't really start switch hitting until I was in AAA. And you talk about an experiment, man. That was tough. I mean, I did everything right-handed my whole life, and all of a sudden they say, okay, now you got to hit left-handed. And uh, to learn at the AAA level was it was really tough. But you know, uh, whether it was me being stubborn or me knowing that I know I can do this. You know, things worked out for me. And, you know, it, and I think another thing that happens, when you you have to be a little bit, obviously you got to be good to play in the big leagues, but you also have to be lucky. You have to be in the right place at the right time. And when I went to the Phillies in 1970, they were rebuilding. It wasn't a real good team. So obviously the manager had more patience with me. I wasn't doing anything the first two or three months. And... Uh, Eventually, everything clicked in for me and uh, ended up winning the World Series and playing in five All-Star games and won gold gloves. Uh, I mean, I, I look back on my career, and I, I sort of think it was a blessing in disguise to have to go through all the obstacles that I went through to get to the big leagues. Wow. That's a remarkable story. Larry Boa. 
Phillies, Cubs, Mets, longtime uh, manager and coaching career in MLB. And he joins us on the Out of Bounds show and the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Still, you know, cut all three years in high school and yet, uh, and yet makes it. When did you realize, obviously your dad, what, I mean, what a powerful and, and supportive person for you. Uh, when yeah. did you realize, hey, this thing's going somewhere and my career may have some legs, Larry? I think the biggest thing, when I signed, Eddie Bachman, who was a scout, told the Phillies, hey, the worst scenario here is he's going to be an organization player. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I think he can help you when he's done playing, being a coach or manager in the minor leagues. And so when I signed, I was under the assumption that, hey, they're going to give me an opportunity. And to be honest with you, I didn't really know I was going to be in the big leagues until the third year when I went to Eugene, Oregon, which was our AAA team. Bob Skinner was our manager, and he called me in and he said, hey, you made the team as a utility player, but I'm going to give you an option here. You can go down and learn how to switch hit and become an everyday player if you're successful switch hitting, or you can make this team as, as a utility player. And I didn't want to play utility. I, I think utility player, I think that's one of the hardest jobs in baseball. You're sitting on the bench, you sit for four or five days, you got to go in, and there's always pressure on you. you got to do this, you got to do that. Whereas when you're an everyday player and the manager believes in you, you go 0 for 4, 0 for 8, you know you're still going to be in there. But when he told me that I could be an everyday player if I learned how to switch hit, then I – a light went off and said, hey, maybe I can do this. And then I went to, to AAA, and I think I ended up hitting around 270 or 280, which was really good for learning how to switch hit. So I, I would say after that spring training, when I got when I said I would rather go to AAA and, and play every day as opposed to being utility player, I felt that maybe I had a chance. Wow. Most people, if they're going to be a switch hitter, they do it as a kid, you know, maybe a teenager. To do it at right. over twenty years right. old, I mean, that's uh, yeah, it was hard. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> okay, so uh, when, when you're with the Phillies and you you talked about the rebuild, Larry, and and then things start to happen there, and y'all eventually yeah. win the World Series. You had a hell of a postseason. Um, what was that yeah. like as that team started? As y'all started to add more talent, when did y'all realize, hey? We we may have a shot at this, and we we may not just be average. We may be really good at some point for Philadelphia. Well, I think in the mid seventies, you know, everyone back back when we played, everybody knew the guys in the minor leagues, the guys that were coming up. Uh, in fact, playing in Reading, which is real close to Philly, a lot of fans when the Phillies would go on the road trips, they would come and watch the Reading Phillies play, and they'd see all the prospects. And so in the mid seventies we started playing really good. I mean, we had the core group of guys was Bob Boone, Mike Schmidt, myself, Greg Lazinski. Uh, you know, obviously we got Steve Carlton in a trade with the Cardinals. So we saw things starting to come together, but we kept coming up short. We kept playing the, the big red machine at that time who was unbelievably talented. And then we had a series, a couple series with the Dodgers who had a great team. And we kept getting edged out, whether it was an umpire's call, whether it was a bad play, whether it lack of hitting, whatever it was, we were just coming up short. And then they decided, uh, uh, hey, you know what, we might need a missing piece here. 
And that's when we went out and got Pete Rose and, of course, Dallas Green took over, who I thought was very instrumental in us progressing to where we were in, the, in 1980. But uh, once we had those down times against the Reds and the Dodgers, you know, it got to the point where we knew we were good, but we were lacking something. And I think Pete put that little – gave us that little push at the end. And, of course, Dallas Green being – uh, a no-nonsense type manager. I think that helped out a lot. And then once we got through Houston in that 80 series where every game was extra innings except the first one, I really felt going in the World Series there was no pressure on us at all. We had finally got to where we wanted to go. We had a tough series with Houston, and we ended up beating Kansas City four games to two, and that's how that thing sort of unraveled for us. Wait, uh, Larry Boa, World Series champion. Uh, player and and coach, he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line, uh, sharing stories of of Phillies and and hopefully we'll have some time to get into some other things. But this is great and how they became World Series champs. Uh, we, you mentioned Pete Rose had been with the Reds and um right. and they had won. Did, did you feel it right away when he joined y'all that this guy was a winner and he brought something different? to the locker room and the approach of the team, Larry? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you talk about somebody that's a positive individual. Uh, and, he, you know, when he first came over, he says, you know, you guys, every time we played you, and I, he might have been just trying to build our confidence up, but he says, we, we didn't like playing you guys because you guys were very talented. And, you know, when when you come up with a core group of guys that learned how to win together and learned how to lose together – that was a, a very tight-knit group that we had come up through our minor league system. But we were also cognizant of we're missing something. And I think Pete was the guy that, uh, whether it was him telling everybody how good we were when he watched from the other dugout or whether it constantly saying, hey, we can do this, we can do this. It was a combination of things. But Pete definitely was one of the factors that, uh, whether it was his attitude, his work ethic, work ethic off the charts i never seen anybody as competitive as he was uh but whatever it was that was the push that we needed and and it did pay off so he was always driven larry just whatever y'all i mean whether it was practice or in the cage obviously in the games uh in the locker room talking to people i mean he was always on edge competitive and a driving force always i mean if you had two hits you know he'd sit down he's just you got to get three. You got to get three. If you had three, you got to get four. And, you know, his philosophy all the time was, you know, he talked baseball with all of us. He says, hey, when you're facing the number three and four starters in a rotation, you've got to do damage on them because you're going to be facing Gibson and Seaver. And those guys are tough. You might go over two with a walk, but you wear out these guys that are pitching in three or four uh, uh, man rotation. I mean, he would he would break it down into – it would seem so easy, but he had, he had so much talent. I mean, you talk about a switch hitter, and if you take a look at four thousand over four thousand hits, that's that's playing twenty years, getting over two hundred hits a year. I mean, what he did, obviously, the gambling part of it was terribly wrong. But if you you know the way that people advocate gambling now in all sports on TV and everything, I think he's paid his dues, and I, I just wish if we could turn back the clock that once they brought him brought to his attention that he got caught doing something that he wasn't supposed to, 
if he would have admitted it right away, he'd probably be in the Hall of Fame right now. But right. the fact that he didn't do it right away and eventually he did say, hey, okay, that's what I did. I guarantee one thing, knowing him, he didn't ever bet against this team to lose. But that's that's not that's not the really reason for this. You know, he got punished and he shouldn't have done what he did. But the bottom line is, uh, I don't think anybody's ever going to break that 4,000 hit record. First of all, owners aren't going to have enough money to pay these guys. No, you get over 200 hits a year for no. 20 years. So, no. but that's a record I think is going to stand forever. Five-time All-Star Larry Boa, World Series champ as a player and a coach. He joins us on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. I, I had all his baseball cards, watched many games that he played in. Uh, wh- do you do you ever talk to Pete Rose, Larry? Oh yeah. In fact, we we just had a uh, uh, a big. Uh, we celebrated the 1980 two years ago when we saw him, and I see him occasionally. He'll come, uh, you know, whether it be a memorabilia show where you're signing autographs, and uh, he's doing good. Pete's doing good. I mean, he, I think he's already uh, come to the conclusion that he's probably not going to get into the Hall of Fame, uh, but. Uh, he's handling it the best he can, and he knows he made mistakes. He'll be the first to tell you he made some mistakes. But he's the kind of guy that when you played against him, you hated him. Yeah. And when he got on your team, you loved him. I mean, he's one of those guys, man, that uh, you talk about never giving away at bats, uh, concentration level at a high high level every at bat. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're winning 10 nothing or losing 10 nothing. Uh, this guy was locked in as soon as he put that uniform on. Wow. Charlie Hustle. Remember watching him as a yep. kid, too. Incredible. Larry Boa joining us on the Out of Bounds show, uh, sharing some great stories. Was cut all three years from his high school team. So parents and, and kids out there, remember that. Didn't give up. Dad continued to support him, found a way. Uh, even if it's just to play in college, obviously it ended, ended up with MLB with, with Larry Boa. Uh, Mike Schmidt, I, I just loved him as a kid. Yep. Again, I... I, I I ended up with like 20,000 baseball cards. So I was seven, eight, nine years old, you know, 1983, I'm, I'm 10 years old. I, I couldn't get enough of that era in which you, you played Larry. What, what was Mike Schmidt like as a, as a personality and a, and a teammate Larry? Mike was pretty, his demeanor. I, I think the reason he didn't hit it off in Philly early in his career, let me state that. I mean, at the end of his career, they loved this guy and they knew, they appreciated what he did, but he always made things look so easy. You could put any kind of ball in his hands, bowling ball, golf ball, football, basketball. He was just a natural athlete, uh, had tremendous skills. Uh, I'll give you a real quick story in, uh, I think it was 72 or three. I don't know. Well, he was, he was a high pick for the Phillies. And usually when you have a high pick, they fly you into Philadelphia, have the big press conference. They let you go down on the field and work out. And then they'll send you to the affiliate that they want to send you to. In this particular instance, he was going to work out in Philly, then go to Reading, Pennsylvania, which is real close. So I'm taking pregame, and, and and I can, you know, when you feel somebody standing behind you, you know, I felt somebody standing behind me, and he signed as a shortstop. And so I turned around, and I said, hey, what's up? And I introduced myself, and I said, congratulations. And he says, do you mind if I take some ground? I said, no. So we started taking grounders, and I could see this guy was going to be something special just by watching him. And so, you know, me being my personality, after a while we start talking, I said, oh, by the way, I said, 
you might want to pick another position because I plan on being here for a while. <laughs> he tells that story all the time. And eventually they did move him to third base. And I told him, I said, you're lucky I played because if you played short, you might have blown out your knees or whatever. I said, you went over there and played third and became a Hall of Famer. But he would have been a Hall of Famer no matter what position he played. But people had the wrong – he didn't come across as a true Philadelphia player. You know, guys that got dirty. and He didn't have to do that. He was such a great athlete. And so he wanted to win as bad as I wanted to win. But people – because of his personality and he's sort of aloof when he did his pregame stuff, a lot of times people thought he didn't care. But trust me, he cared more than anybody. And you could tell his very first year, he hit under 200, but I think he had close to 20 home runs. You could see this guy is going to be something special. And it, on defense, he was unbelievable. He could go right, he could go left, he could come in, he could go back. Uh, he's the greatest. You know, I never got to play in the American League, so. I know Brooks Robinson, watching him on video, was a great third baseman. But uh, as far as in the National League, I, I'd never seen a third baseman like this guy. Uh, Schmidt was so good. God, and you're right. Yes, he, he was. He made it look easy, so I don't think everybody appreciated what he was doing. And yet you know right. playing so long is damn hard to, to make all, all those plays. Larry Boa on the Out of Bounds show, longtime player and Manager, coach, Major League Baseball, uh, two-time World Series champion, five-time All-Star, and he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. I've only got a couple of minutes, but I got to talk a little bit about Chicago. Um, So you go to Chicago. I'm a kid. I I have WGN. That was back when I didn't get it. We didn't get a bunch of games on Saturday. You got the game of the week, but you got all the Cubs games. Okay, so mm-hmm. it, it was it was you and that that whole crew. Um, like Lee Smith was one of my favorite players ever. I always say this, Larry. Yep. It took Lee Smith an hour and a half to walk from the bullpen to the mound when when y'all called him <laughs> in. I just loved it. Um, it took about thirty seconds though to get it three up and three down though. <laughs> wasn't he so good? Golly, yeah, he was. He uh, was great. What was it like to? I, I, I think it was the '84 series that broke my heart with the Padres, yep. Cubs, and Tony Gwynn. And I love Tony, but I, I had to be a Cub. Um, what was right. it like to play for Chicago and Wrigley and have Harry Carey there and all those day games, Larry? It, it, next, next to playing in Philly, it was, it was it was the greatest place I ever played. The city was great. Uh, at that time, we didn't have lights. Uh, I think that was the biggest concern because when we went on road trips to the West Coast or East Coast. We play night games, then we come back and we without a day off and play a day game. Uh, that was the biggest difference. Eventually, Dallas Green got lights there, but because that team was not a real good team, and then when we all of us went over there, they used to call it the Phillies, Philly, the Chicago Phillies, because a lot of those players—Bob Dernier, Ryan Sandberg, myself, Gary Matthews—all these guys went, played with the Phillies, went over with Chicago with Dallas, but. That city was electric that entire 84. And like you said, we can't, we win the first two games against Sandy. That's probably the most disappoint, disappointed I've ever been. Not knowing, you know, when you go up 2 nothing, the best out of five, I'm not saying you think you got it made, but you got the hammer in your hand. And we went out there, and they swept us. i got to give them credit. They swept us. And, you know, looking back on that, that would have been a great series, us playing Detroit, but it didn't happen. But... I love playing in Chicago. It was almost like you had a regular job, especially when you were at home. You get up 8 o'clock, you go to the ballpark, 
by 4.30, 5 o'clock, you're done. You go home. You have dinner like a normal human being. Yeah. It was a nice routine to get into. Then you'd have to go on the road and obviously make adjustments on the road. But uh, it was a great, great year in 84. I just wish we'd have won another game there and got to a World Series. That's This is great. Larry Bowell on the Out of Bounds Show. Larry, thank you so much uh, for your time today. Cool for me to uh, – to interview someone who I watched uh, play so much uh, over on the NL side with the with the Phillies and the Cubs as a kid, and uh, your stories on uh, Pete Rose and Mike Smith and yourself—it's uh, incredible. We're well. I got one. Trying. I got one real quick story. I'm going to tell you. My very first game, I played for Spartanburg, South Carolina. I was a starting shortstop. Uh, I'd never been out of California, so obviously I went to spring training in Florida. Then I broke camp. And my very first game, the one thing I did as a player, I put the ball in play all the time. I struck out four straight times, and I was sitting in my chair, and the manager, Bob Wellman, came over. He says, you all right? And I said, hey, if this is what professional baseball is all about. I said, you might as well send me back to Sacramento. And he said, this guy's going to be something special. And I'm thinking he's just trying to, you know, keep me going in a positive direction. Well, anyway, the pitcher turned out to be Nolan Ryan. Wow. I look back at that. <laughs> Larry Boa yeah, on the Out of Bounds show. Larry, thank you so much. Take care, my friend. Oh. All right, you take care. Thank you. That was great. That that made my week. Larry Boa on the Out of Bounds show and the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. If you missed any of it, go to Apple Podcast or Spotify. Search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. We'll see you tomorrow.